Hello and welcome to the Non-Tech Founders Podcast, fortnightly conversations about running a business as a non-technical founder. I'm Laura. And I'm Nathan. Join us as we navigate the developer-dominated world of entrepreneurship, bootstrapping and beyond. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how to launch your SaaS to the world. So the things that you need to have in place, how to overcome the fears that will almost certainly crop up and what to do next. But first, we're going to do a quick update on the state of our own businesses, because it's been quite a while since we've talked about what we've been doing, hasn't it? It has, it has indeed been quite a while yeah, since we've heard uh, anything from you or from me about what we're up to. So uh, I, I know that you have been up to a lot. <laughs> You've got a lot going on. Yeah, I actually feel like I've got a good update this time um, because I've I've sort of become a lot more motivated this year somehow. I feel like I'm out of the fog of being a new mum. My daughter turns two um, at the time of recording on Sunday. So when this is released, she will be two. And I feel like it's just things are just getting a bit easier now. Like it feels more like my life is back to normal and I can focus a bit more. So um, yeah, I've I've been, um, so I've hired a business coach, a local one to me in my small town which is interesting because I really I I was a bit skeptical about hiring a business coach where I live because how big is your hometown oh I don't actually know it's um I could probably find out but I don't know how many schools does it have and that'll give us an idea (laughs) I don't even know that it's like a let me just I'll I'll google it hold on 34,202 people so okay. I don't know if that's big or small, but it feels small. It's not like a city. So I used to live in a city when I lived in the US and there was a lot more going on in our kind of world. And so there's not really an awful lot in going on here. So I, when I was thinking about hiring a business coach, I wasn't really sure they'd understand my business model or even really working online or that kind of thing. But actually it's been really good just in terms of accountability and also the realization that a business is a business no matter if it's online if it's in person if it's brick and mortar there's everyone has sales funnels and all these things they're not unique to me and what I'm doing so even though he might not necessarily be able to help an awful lot with some of the more technical things um that are in the SaaS world um actually as a as a business coach it's quite good because I don't have any formal training in business I didn't study at school to be honest I haven't read any books on business I've tried and I just I just don't get through them Um, so I don't know really anything about business so I feel like I'm winging it so I've learned quite a lot from having a business coach and it's just um it's just been really good to have things in place so I've started to Um, put things in place like really documenting my numbers you know my number of leads that come through which is site visitors Um, how many of that convert what's the conversion rate Um, what's my average customer value how many people upgrade and like all this kind of data that I feel like any legitimate business is you didn't do any of that before I mean, it was being collected because I use easy to, uh, easy digital downloads and it was all being collected, but I wasn't really looking at it outside of now and again, I'd be a bit curious and I'd have a look and see what's going on. But I've actually just made a spreadsheet that's like January, 2023, February, March, April, May. And, you know, I'm going to do things like see what change 
it was in all these different areas month to month and what I did. It sounds so like obvious. I feel like most people are doing it, but I wasn't. And what's really nice about it is because I've got it all ironed out, I can plan my year and say, oh, I can, what I'm going to do this month is I'm going to run an experiment to try to get my, um, I don't know, my renewals up. I'm going to try and get more people to renew and less card failures or something like that. And I can just do a solid experiment on that. And then next month and the month after see what the results were. So I feel like I'm doing more actual, you know, experiments rather than just kind of doing stuff that I think I should be doing, but not really tracking whether it's working or not and that kind of thing. So just that mindset change has been huge. Um, So I'm really excited about that. And I think, you know, we could probably do a whole episode on what kind of stuff you need to be collecting and how to interpret it and the different experiments I'm running, you know, I'd be happy to do episodes on, I'll tell you the experiment for this month, tell you what I hope is going to happen and then tell you the, uh, the results of it. Um, I think that could be quite useful for the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. No, that yeah. sounds cool. So what, uh, and the other good thing is as well is the, the point of comparison, isn't it? So you can see from before, for example, at this time last year, or from those sales that we mentioned before, like Black Friday and all that kind of stuff. So you can look back as well previously and see, okay, well, these are the experiments I did then last year. So what's going on this year as well? So you have uh, that point of reference, which when you're starting from zero, you scratch, you, you don't have. So it's it's an experiment is an experiment and anything can happen. But at least, I mean, you can dig into that data, can't you, from the past and still... Uh, I don't know whether you're going to or whether you're just going to start from now, from January, but you you at least have that there anyway, right? Yeah, exactly. It's all there and I can look. I do try to look. So I looked January this year versus January last year and it's we're in f- middle of February right now at the time of recording. So at the end of February, I'll do the same and I'll probably have a look at last year just out of curiosity. Um, there's not an awful lot I'm going to be able to do with that data, I don't think, because I haven't been really tracking what activities I've been doing month to month in order to get it that way. So if there's a spike, I don't really know. I don't remember what I did back then to maybe cause Mm, that or something like that. So it's more of a, I'm just starting it now and going on. And um, that's really been the theme of this year, really. Um, So I hired a business coach and that taught me to collect data and run experiments. Um, I joined something called The Lab, which is Jay Klaus's online community, because I wanted to connect more with people who are doing similar things that I'm doing. Because like I said, in my small town, there's not really anyone um, other than my husband who's doing what I'm doing. So I didn't really have people to talk to about it. And I think when you do have people to talk to, so when I was going to conferences all the time and when I lived somewhere where there was more going on, I felt a lot more motivated and inspired. So joining the lab is helping me hopefully get more into a community of like-minded people. And the lab is also really big on sprints. So um, Jay Klaus does these six-week sprints and you can follow along with him and do like, okay, we're going to do a sprint on outreach or something. And for the next six weeks, we're going to focus on that together. So I'll probably join some of those, not all of them, and see how that works. So that's another experiment thing that's going on. And then the third thing that I've done is I hired a copywriter. So it's Claire Emerson, who I've I've known on Twitter for I think years really and I hired her because I was looking for a copywriter 
to help write some lead magnet type things for client portal for the different industries but we ended up doing a road mapping session instead to kind of figure out where the business is at what my goals are with it and we ended up doing a project that was completely different from what I thought I was hiring her for and instead of her writing content for different lead magnets um, we're actually working on collecting lots of customer data doing lots of customer surveys and customer research and then using that to then figure out what we should be writing about with client portal was this uh, her suggestion or was this something that you because if you were originally hired her to 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 do the lead magnets and then this changed to a road mapping was this her idea or was it something you just came to together or um it was her idea so she said the way i usually work with clients is i do a road mapping session first um, in my head, I was hiring her to do the lead magnet stuff. And that's what I said originally. But we did this road mapping and, you know, she made a really good point that it's like I could invest money in getting her to write a bunch of lead magnet ideas or email courses. But if it's not going to like if we don't know that it's what people in my audience actually want to read about, there's really no point. And I showed her the data that I have collected on customers up until now. Um, and we sort of realized it's not really enough. So we need to figure out, we need to go more deep into customer research and do that kind of thing. So, and I completely agree with her. I think I'm really glad that I did the road mapping because I feel like I might have wasted money. Obviously it's gonna be a longer process to get the content that I originally wanted done, but hopefully it will be done better and it will be more effective um so the way that no, we're it sounds, doing it that. sounds great that it was her that put that to you so um, it's always nice isn't it like we said before on the the developers uh, episode when the developer comes to you and actually says well hang on <laughs> let's let's just not jump into anything let's have a think about the, the the project and them actually bring forward ideas and strategies to you to get the most out of the working with them instead of just saying okay yep fine i can i can do that job for you here's the, here's the quote and just jumping straight in when it's not necessarily going to be beneficial to you as the client so it was great that she did that yeah that's what i love about hiring people i just love people who will who are not afraid to recommend a different course of action it makes me trust them more because i don't necessarily think that i know what's best i know what i would like to do and what i think is best um but if they tell me oh actually maybe in my experience as the expert in this area most people i work with tend to need to do step one step two before mm. you're jumping a little bit far ahead to step three and i'll listen to those and then yeah it's it just makes me think that okay i'm hiring an expert not a commodity so yeah yeah because we as the client have an idea of, of what we want so maybe we we want to design a landing page or maybe we want to write that content. But like you said, if somebody can say, well, hang on a minute, <laughs> have you even thought about the step that goes prior to that, you know, because we only have the, maybe not always the end, the end goal in mind. So um, if someone else can take a step back and see the bigger picture from that, it's always, it's always really, it gives you that sense of security with it. Okay. I am working with somebody that I need to be working with. Yeah, exactly. And it's just a relief. It feels like, you know, someone is n not just doing it to make the money. They're actually, my success mm. is their success, that kind of thing. So yeah, I'm really happy. I'm just super happy with all the stuff that I've got going on at the minute. I'm really optimistic. It's um, 
going to be a challenging year because there's just so much to do and I want to do it all now but I'm really trying to ruthlessly focus on one thing at a time and just you know slowly do all this stuff that I probably should have done a while ago but um yeah there we go but anyway I'm that's that's basically my update and I feel like like I said we could probably do episodes on some of these things well yeah because I'm I'm super interested we'll have to, we'll have to dedicate at least an episode to the to the whole business coach and what's going on there because I know obviously a few episodes back we discussed about the business coach and the mentors and, and all that kind of thing so the kind of value that you're getting from that and the kind the way you're working with them and stuff I think would be super interesting as well because last time we spoke about it in a more I think general overview kind of way so yeah. I think knowing actually how you're working with the, with the coach would be super interesting as well as as you mentioned that sort of what you're actually going to do with that data like in real world terms yeah definitely so that's yeah that's basically me but I think I'm mostly excited today to hear about you because the episode theme is based on what I believe to be one of your updates. So what have you been up to? <laughs> well, every single episode or every time we've mentioned Feature Flux, I think so far it's been, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just, you know, it's not far off. There's one more one more feature to, to develop. But finally, Feature Flux is now in a place where people can come in and they can use the software and they can tell me whether it's valuable. <laughs> so Feature Flux is finally ready to uh, to get to let public in. So at the moment, obviously it's it's early access uh, and has been for for a long time. So people getting on the early access list last two or three weeks has actually been really stressful because there's been loads and loads of testing, bug testing, uh, or rather testing and then bug squashing um so it's been really quite stressful and i've got i got to the point where i was thinking i'm just so fed up with this i'm so fed up with this i just want this to work and i just want it you know to be ready yeah last week so this is monday so sort of mid last week it finally got to that point uh which was amazing it's been a really long time coming so i was finally able to reach out to people who have been helping me all through the last year a lot of product managers that I'd met and that I'd sort of done cold outreach to and so some of them I had a few calls last week I got a few calls going on this week for them to come on to the to the app try and use it try and this because of course there's no onboarding or anything with it at the moment it's just bare bones functionality it does what it's supposed to and it, it does it uh pretty decently but I want to be able to see without the onboarding how intuitive it is and where everyone is failing to understand certain areas so there'll be a lot of that going on and then I on Friday and I think and I went against someone's advice here I uh, I wrote an email to the launch list, sorry to the to the early access list saying hey guys you know it's uh, it's ready to to come in I'm going to be letting people in gradually over the coming weeks which I will but because the the early access list has always been very um, what's the word the response rates, <laughs> the open rates have been fine, but the response rates have been like very, very low. Someone advised me on Friday, she said, if the response rates have been slow anyway, don't send out the general, hey, it's ready to start taking people in, you know, just email them individually when it's ready, when it's ready for them, you know, to come on board and say, hey, hey, Dave, hey, Steve, hey, Sarah, doors are open. I want to onboard you personally. 
So I ignored her anyway and sent out the email on Friday because <laughs> I was just, I just wanted it done. You know, after all these months, I was like, I'm going to send the email. Uh, and yeah, it was very much crickets. So that was a little, uh, a little disappointing to say the least. And I think it's one of these things, I think when you're pre-launch, because I'm not launched yet, you know, the idea is to three to four weeks of just uh, people from early access and people that have been helping me to go through the system, you know, find out what is failing, what they don't understand, areas of friction, and of course, bugs, because they will find new bugs. And then from there, go to a sort of quiet public launch and, and try and get people in. But it's it's that point now where, so I've been incredibly stressed for the last three weeks, two, three, four weeks. And now I've gone from incredibly stressed to really nervous because now we get to that point or now I get to that point where, oh shit, now it's, people have to try it and they have to give me their feedback and I have to actually see whether this is worth anything. I think, well, some of it is that certain people were just on the list because they were curious, they were following the journey. So I know that for a fact because some people have told me that. Then I think others have, one of the problems that I had continuously was, or rather from the beginning was the copy on the website. Like how do I define the problem? And pretty much for the longest time I, I was, it was always the copy was focused around the design process. And so therefore I think people were understanding that it was for designers and therefore if it was for designers, well then why not just use Figma, which it was never the intended use case, you know, it was for product managers. And so somebody actually, I think a week, 10 days ago, gave me some feedback on it and it was the most useful feedback I've had so far. I've had lots of feedback on the website, but it was, um, essentially you're focusing on the designers. This is supposed to be for product managers skim it down as well. I did a, I did a few polls on, on LinkedIn and Twitter and, you know, would you rather the more sales type marketing page or would you rather to product managers now or the, the snappy sales, uh, sorry, the snappy SaaS style and snappy, snappy SaaS style one. So I basically reduced the copy on the, on the landing page, on the homepage by over 50%, changed the language towards product managers, managers exclusively and pretty much removed uh, Figma from the copy because before it was a big focus. It was like, yes, it integrates with Figma. Like, yes, Figma is awesome, but it doesn't do this. And so there was that big misconception of, you know, Figma. So, um, and I changed all that. And from, from the day I changed it to the following day, I think I had like four or five new signups on the early access. And in the previous 30 days, I'd had zero. Wow. So I think that was a, a pretty big deal. So I think a lot of people who jumped on the list previously were not... Uh, they shouldn't have been on the list, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, they were there for something else. So I think the the most recent signups are the people that are probably more in line with what I'm, the problem I'm trying to solve. So all the signups over the last week uh, are the ones that I'm going to be writing to personally uh, now over the coming days. Yeah. So, I mean, because signups, uh, sorry, open rates have been sort of around 50% mark consistently from beginning of sign up to the weekly, you know, all the weekly uh, updates I've been doing. So they haven't dropped, they've stayed about 50%, but just the, you know, sort of response rates or any kind of reply have been terrible, terrible. So I think that was part of the problem. I think I was miscommunicating uh, what Feature Flux was. Yeah. Well, that's really promising then that you've got more of a 
idea as to who you're targeting and you can change you can you can speak more directly to that specific person which is really good i think the big challenge you're going to have is getting people to um try it out and sign up it's quite a big ask because these are people who are presumably knee deep in projects all the time and to get them to ask to ask them to try out a new tool is going to be a hard sell so I think sending out those personal emails is going to be really important and just making sure that you're making it as easy as possible for them to get it integrated even if it's you basically almost doing it for them at first you know maybe like a screen share or something like that um but yeah I think it's it's definitely those first customers are such a challenge but it's the same with everything you know with any business that's starting um I was just reading an article on Transistor which is the podcast um hosting that we use and I was reading about their first customer and it it took them a lot of work a lot of personal one-on work to get their first customer and then their second customer took maybe the same amount of work their third maybe a little bit less and then it's just a slog until you get a little bit of traction Um, but I think the mistake a lot of people make is that they expect traction straight away and if they don't have it then oh it's not a good idea or people don't want it or people don't need it I don't think that's the case because a lot of people on the list are probably going to be waiting they're not they already know they're not going to sign up straight away but they want to see what you're going to do with it and where you're going to go and they want some people to use it first they want them to iron out some of the bugs so yeah I think if I were in your shoes I would be nervous too but as (laughs) an outsider well from an outsider perspective I think it sounds like it's a good idea and people want it and people need it and you just have to yeah, well, it it's, it's, I mean, it's very much crunch time now, isn't it? So it's that place where so many of us have been so many times where, you know, you've worked on something and you have an idea for something and you think it's, you know, you've done your best to validate that as well. You know, now is the moment, but it's when you actually have to get people in and say, well, is it enough? Is it solving enough of a problem? Is it solving it in the right way? And like you said, if, especially for a software like this, where, you know, product managers are typically working with several teams on several projects and they already got systems in place for that trying to convince them to 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 start something new is you know it is going to be it's a big ask the only i think the only positive or not the only but the positive for me is that because i'm not going after the the product team that works internally exclusively in figma you know so they design they present they get feedback they do design rounds all within figma because that's not my customer i think it is slightly easier because so my customer is is the one that's still doing things should we say in a more manual process so going from the design tool to the presentation in powerpoint to the feedback in slack or whatever so they know they have several different systems going on and it's not a good system um so i think in that respect it's going to be a little bit easier but yeah it's never easy getting those first customers and at least because i know you know because i i you know did have already built a SaaS and and it was pretty successful and was able to sell it i know that it's gonna i'm sort of best case scenario a year and a half i think ahead of me before i even begin to see any real 
sort of movement on it, you know, because it's, it's, it's compounded growth, isn't it? You know, if you, if one customer is paying you 25, 30, 40, $50 a month, you need a lot of customers month over month to, to turn that into a business. Yeah. It's, it's going to be long and slow. Yeah. But it's now it's now is that time where you need to start putting everything in place. Yeah. I think that's a really good mindset to have. I think knowing that it's going to take some time to get traction the long slow sass ramp of death i think i've heard it called yeah. um, i've actually just pulled up the article i was just reading so i'll um link to it in the sh in the show notes it's a it's a talk actually from microconf um from justin jackson but yeah i i'm just looking at the image here and it says they first started doing blog posts and tutorials and stuff on podcasting in 2015 then in 2016 to 2017 they were doing paid courses and workshops on podcasting then uh, end of 2017 they built the initial version and sold one paid plan to cards against humanity and then mm. which in, which was his co-founder's business uh the company he worked for right and then so it wasn't some random customer well yeah exactly so even that i mean <laughs> that's still 2015 to the end of 2017 that's two years yeah two years <laughs> um yeah and then <laughs> opened up early access to more users in March, April, 2018. So that's a long time. And I know they're doing really well now, but I mm, mean, that yeah. would stick to it for that long. And that's a really good, I think that's a really good timeline, but it still takes a lot of grit and, you know, patience to stick with it for that long. So yeah, I think it's good that you're, you know, you've got, you're not too worried about the long timeline ahead of you. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think most people aren't aware of that, that, you know, you, you're looking at minimum, minimum, minimum a year if you're incredibly good and incredibly lucky, but you're looking probably at two years at the least, you know, just for a normal growth to get anywhere. If, if you are, a, you know, a solo founder maybe, or, or a very, very small team, because you know, it's a lot of work, it takes a lot of time. So, yeah. Um, so let's get on to how, so if people are listening and they are looking to launch a SaaS. I think we can, we'll still talk about your specific launch because it's so it's so current. So you're gonna it's gonna be very top of mind for you. But how do you think you decide when the right time to launch a SaaS is in terms of product development and features? Did you set yourself or should you set yourself a time scale and say, I'm launching in three months, no matter what state the project it, the product is? Or do you say, I'm going to launch it when these three features are in place? Do you launch it when um, onboarding is in place? Like, how do you, how do you think people yeah. should set that bar to when to launch a product? Well, I think there needs, uh, obviously, this is always dependent on the kind of product you're building. But, but for me, at least there had to be a minimum uh, feature set because otherwise, you know, the product just isn't worth anything. Uh, if it can do one thing, but then can't do another, then it's not really fulfilling its its promise. So for me, at least it needs to have an initial set of features that can do the job that is promising to do. The whole thing about I'm launching within three months, whatever happens. I mean, for me, that just wasn't the case and, and I wish it could have been, but if I had launched in three months that I would have launched with a sign up page within an app and that would be it. So unfortunately that wouldn't have been good enough for me. But I think, yeah, I think that's sort of what needs to go into an MVP or what needs to go into a beta or what needs to go into a, you know, a, v, a V1 
all that whichever way you choose to look at it and i think as well that's it, it's almost another point as well about what you even call your product when it's early stage because i think certain things devalue it and certain things set expectations but it certainly doesn't need to be perfect but it does need to do that that job uh whatever that job might be and i already know i mean i already have a list of features that albeit a small one right now because i'm not i'm not as stupid as i used to be when i built my first product i there are some that i think are almost essential to where I am right now, but that's not to say in six months that the product might not change completely. So it, it's pointless me working six months, 12 months ahead with features because I don't even know who my customer is yet. Not really. I have yeah. an idea. So um, it doesn't need to be perfect at all, but it needs to do its job. And I think we're always scared and I am scared as well, you know, about this. Well, people are going to think it's rubbish because it's a little bit clunky or you know it's not everything loads smoothly you know it's not envision it's not it's not figma and i think that freaks a lot of people out and it's freaking me out as well you know because you're launching a product to a product audience and you know, product managers product teams so and as well working as a ux designer i've worked on so many businesses where their product looks terrible should we say UX is probably nowhere near as good as it could be, but they're solving a real problem and the business is doing millions. So I think that whole thing about does it need to be perfect, I think is far more of a worry for a new launch and maybe, and especially for a first time founder, then probably we should give it, you know, we should, maybe we shouldn't give it that much importance because if it's doing the job, it really doesn't matter. Seriously, there are so many businesses out there with terrible software that are making millions and millions and millions. Yeah, there's just... What is the one job that needs to be done? And does it do that? Yes, no. If yes, you can launch. If not, no. So with Client Portal, it was a similar thing. Like the one thing that Client Portal did when it first launched was it allowed you to put a URL and attach it to a module in a dashboard that keeps a bunch of URLs together. So it didn't have file uploads. It didn't have any specific client portal content pages. It didn't have anything. It was literally just essentially like your bookmark bar, but in a nice, easy to use, good looking dashboard. And that was it. That was all it could do. I, I think that's actually a good thing looking back because, you know, I could have waited until I had all these different things that it could do um, and all these different features. You know, now we've just launched uh, like a, a reminders thing. So you can set a deadline to a module and you can email out notifications to remind clients that something's been, an, that something's due soon. If I'd have waited until all that stuff was done, it would have been a more full product, but it would have, it, it would have taken years and um, it wouldn't have necessarily helped the one job that Client Portal was made to do, which is to collate a bunch of things that are currently everywhere in one place for your clients. So I think that's a really good point. Like, okay, it doesn't need all this different, it doesn't even necessarily need onboarding. It just needs to do this one job and to do it well. And if it does that job, then people will stick to it. And obviously if people find that job valuable, then people will stick to it. But as long as it can do the one thing, don't worry about the features. Yeah, I think that's a really good, a good point. One thing, one thing I would say about the onboarding is that if your app doesn't have onboarding, make sure you are manually onboarding people because it just, it leaves a really, it's a really terrible impression, even if it's an early SaaS, because not everyone is going to know that you're early. When you, you know, once you finally take that 
early access list off the page or whatever and you start ha actually having self-serve if you don't have onboarding on it and people come in as real customers they have no idea how long you've been around for they have no you know they're just going to presume or expect that this is you know a finished piece of software you know why not they're paying for it or they expecting to pay for it so if it's not hasn't got any onboarding on it make sure you at least manually onboard it because otherwise it really leaves a terrible impression yeah and use it as a selling point so on the Completely. sales page um for a limited time free one-on-one -on -one concierge onboarding included or for the first 100 customers or mm -hmm. whatever you want to do that's a really big selling point to say hey we'll we will do everything for you um if you sign up now uh because you know you currently would have the yeah. bandwidth you need to do it anyway so why not make it a selling point yeah i think that's totally. a good point so in terms of what you should be doing was there anything that you were doing before launching so you haven't launched yet right like it's no no it's in, do you have a it's launch in, date in mind or are you just going to be working with I, your early access well, customers i want to so what are we now 13th of february so i would love to to have it publicly launched or publicly accessible uh, within a month so i want to do um, maximum a month of testing now and onboarding with the lovely folks that have helped me out so far and th and then from there be able to to push it live and and start looking for for customers who are coming into expecting you know a real piece of paid working functioning software so yeah um which sounds yeah. like a full-time job in itself so i was gonna ask you know is there anything else you're going to be doing to try to warm up those people who might buy like on launch day or might sign up on launch day obviously you're going to be doing one-on-one -on -one onboarding customer research and like all that bug fixing like it sounds like yeah. you're not going to have an awful lot of time but is there anything that you think you're going to do or you should be doing in an ideal world between now and then to make your launch really successful so the customer search has definitely been the most valuable part up until now because if it hadn't been for so much customer development interview style approach then I wouldn't be speaking to anybody now. So those the the customer development interviews have been the most valuable thing up until now to even gain any kind of say traction in air quotes uh, because it means I still have people to talk to and it means I still have people who are interested and in at least trying it out and helping me know from their professional point of view as product managers whether it's useful. So that's one thing because if in the end my mail list, you know, my mailing list ends up not really providing many results then at least i have that one uh that one avenue but then that's not potentially not not necessarily a, a a potential customer you know sort of stream so the other areas emailing i can't really count on because if the initial list is not responding anyway then that's email gone so then there are only really a couple of other avenues there is the long play which is too long for now you know the long play as in content and seo and all that good stuff but that doesn't help me out now. Now is where I need this initial two, three, four, five paying customers, whatever. So that's going to have to be, is really just going to have to be um, outreach, cold outreach, because I don't, I don't have the budget for any kind of real marketing, you know, for ads or anything. And I don't think it's probably even beneficial at this point because it's so new that, as I said, people who are coming into it now may well be underwhelmed so i think it needs to be it needs to be me continuing to 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 reach out to product managers and make the most of the network i've already sort of established with product managers 
and just go from there and say, look, are you, is your team working with Figma and, and in this style, etc. This is something I'm working towards because I can't really, I can't really think of any, any other way to try and build up any sort of a, a attention prior to the launch. I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Well, I was just going to say, have you thought about doing any like training and workshops to your email list? So instead of emailing your list, trying to convince them to use your <clears> product, email them to try to convince them to do a little bit of live training with you to show them why they should be why they should be thinking about this kind of thing. And it's not necessarily the goal isn't necessarily to sell your product, but it's to get them to a stage where they would be ready for your product. So an example is with client portal um it's what i'm doing at the minute so it's kind of top of mind is ultimately obviously i want people to buy client portal but for now what i'm focusing on is doing these training workshops to help people get their businesses into the kind of shape that i think client portal would really help them so that's things like setting up care plans and retainers with your clients setting up more productized consulting so where each product or each um, service that they offer is pr is pretty similar for every type of person and just getting them getting like systems and processes in place so what I'm doing is I'm doing like these workshops where I just focus on that and I don't even really mention client portal but they obviously know I'm from Client Portal and, you know, they're interested in stuff. And that's that, that's been really good. So I haven't run one of these workshops for a few years. I used to do it back when I first started. I'm doing my first one next Monday. And the mm -hmm. response has been so good. I think I've got about 200 people registered. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And I've only sent out one email about it. Um, but people are really excited because what I said in the email as well, as I said, you know, this isn't like a, this isn't going to be one of those like bait and switch workshops where I'm going to like lure you in with the promise of something. And then I'm just going to pitch you on my product. There's no Which pitch at the end of, of it. Yeah. There's no pitch at the end of it. And eventually I will do webinars where I will be talking about client portal, but you'll know beforehand. So you can decide if you're interested in the product and want to sign up, you know go ahead and people really like that they all replied i had so many replies um of people saying you know that's really refreshing and all that kind of stuff and they're definitely going to be there so i've been working really hard on just the training and i think that's going to really help with uh, later on in the year first off i can learn about my customers by doing this training because i'm learning about those people who i might not be speaking with one-on-one -on -one. and then i'm I'm just getting them to a place where I think client portal will work with them. So not only are they more likely to buy a client portal, but they're more likely to get value out of it and they're more likely to use it to its highest potential. So the mm. reason I mentioned that is because I was wondering if you had thought of doing anything like that for feature flux, you know, assume maybe the people who might be interested in buying don't have everything in place where they'd get the most out of it and how can you help them get from a mm -hmm. to B without even pitching them, but just getting them more aware of the problem and that there is yeah. a potential solution out there. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I could definitely, I definitely have to think about some of the, uh, some of the ways or approaches I could take with that, but I'm sure, I'm sure there's something I could do. Yeah. I've never actually done anything like that before. I've never even done a webinar, so that would be very new and quite nerve wracking as well. I should imagine. I mean, I have, people have said to me in the past as well, and I know it's not the same exactly, but uh, you could even do pre-recorded courses or, or webinars and all that kind of thing. But yeah, it's definitely something I can, it's definitely something I can look at. 
Yeah. I think the pre-recorded ones are good when you've been you've done it a bunch of times and it's like kind of goes the same way. Maybe yeah. pre-recorded but with like a Q&A at the end at least, so you're kind of there. I did actually have a, a friend of mine runs a business that works with agencies, uh, sort of design and marketing agencies and he actually said about when you get the when you get the initial version done, let's do a a webinar together. So Amazing. that's one thing and they're and they're they're pretty big. So I've got to email him about that as well. So yeah, that's huge. That's really good. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be very cool. We'll have to see how that goes. So yeah, I think we're sort of we're getting short on time. So I'm just having a look. Is there anything else we want to mention? You know, specifically about you. I think the thing that I'm most curious about at this point is, uh, and this is probably based on what I'm doing at the minute, is do you have any goals or expectations, or are you setting any goals? for the launch are you even considering it to be this is a big launch day and this is going to be the day when i'm just going to go for it and call in all my favors and get everyone to promote it and i want to make x amount of sales or get x new customers or is it just going to be like a soft launch and this is going to be just a process where i just it's live but i'm not gonna shout about it too much it's 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 going to be a process i'm not somebody asked me the other day actually said oh are you going to do product hunt and all that and i was like well Certainly not now. It's very much going to be a process for me. I think with a lot of stuff I've done in the past, it's always been a launch. At least for me, a launch has always been a disappointment. So I would rather just, as I said, because my expectations now are different, I know that it's going to be a long road. I know that a lot of the things I have to do are going to take a long time anyway. So it's going to be that sales-led approach for these first few months, for those first few long, long months. So yeah, it's very much going to be a process. I think when it gets to a place where it's ready for people to come in and pay for it, then I'm just going to put that up on the web. I will be doing things. I mean, I will be reaching out to people, obviously. I will be emailing and all that stuff. But no, I don't think I'll be going out with a bang. I don't think I'll be messaging everyone. Now it's on Product Hunt and blah, 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 and all this stuff. I think it's very much going to be... Yeah, just a just a plod, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to think that it was going to be an explosion, but I think it's probably going to be more like a plod. Yeah, I think that's really realistic because I think those launches only really work if you already have quite a big audience in place anyway. So if you've done these launches before, and I know you did have a big audience, but obviously you're starting again from scratch. So it's, um, yeah, it's a little bit different. I think that makes sense. I think I would do the same in your shoes as well. But yeah, I think that's a good place to end it. I'm really looking forward to seeing how you get on with it. I guess we'll have another we'll have another episode before it's technically live. Um, but we'll see how you've been getting on with your early access customers. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm really I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I think it'll be good, a big weight off your shoulders, hopefully, and then time for the real work to begin. <laughs> Yeah, well, the real work is already beginning, I think. But yeah, it's, it's just a shift of pace. <laughs> yeah, cool. So if you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear when new episodes are released, you can subscribe in your podcast app of choice. Um, and if you have any questions that you'd like us to answer, we are still planning on doing an audience Q&A episode. We have a few questions lined up already, but um, I think we'd like a few more. I think that would be do a nice full episode but you can email them to podcast at the nontechfounders.com or send us a tweet at nontechpodcast thank you so much for listening and we will see you in the next episode thanks guys bye-bye